0: Good morning. How right are you doing there? I wanna I wanna speak an important message to you this morning. I wanna speak specifically to those who are angry at God. Because they've been saved for a little while. They've been believing God for something, one thing. It could be a spouse, it could be sickness in the body, it could be joblessness, it could be financial troubles, it could be loneliness, it could be depression, whatever it is. I believe God sent me to speak a word of comfort and consolation to you this morning and I want you to listen to me carefully. God told me to share this message to you. This is coming directly from the Holy Spirit. I have nothing to do with it. I've been where you are. I've been there. And I know it's hard Because it just seems to you Sometimes that God doesn't care He doesn't listen Now the problems Become the center of your life Everything you do Everything you do Has been focused On that issue Every book you read Every time you pray every conference you attend every giving you do when you do them you're doing them specifically for this issue i want you to be patient with me this morning because it's it's gonna get good but there is an aspect of God that we do not understand and leads us to frustration because that's exactly what's going to happen if you continue the way you are. If you do not take note of what God is saying, you might even become apostate And some have become softly and subtly rebellious. Yes, rebellious. They don't pray many times anymore. They don't even try to seek God anymore. I'm not going to do what people have been doing for you all these years. Prophesying to you, God will do it, God will do it. Because you know it's not true. You've experienced that it is not true. It is a vain prophecy. Very hopeful one. And sometimes very well intended. But does it conform to the truth of God's word? Am I saying God will not do it? No, of course not. That's not what I'm saying. Please be patient with me. Let's start from the book of Matthew chapter 16 and read from verse 24, alright, in fact, uh, um, okay, this is a chapter where Peter came to Jesus, uh, when Jesus was asking them, who do men say that I am, Peter? Um, after Billy died in a little bit, Peter spoke and said, you were Christ, you were the Christ, the son of a living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. And he said, and upon this revelation, or this rock, where right, I built my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. In the same conversation, Jesus spoke an inconvenient truth. Immediately spoke and said, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to be lifted up and I'm going to be crucified. And that's it. On the third day, I will be raised again. This is verse 21. Peter. Jesus aside and said, what are you talking about? You're not going to die. You know? (laughs) Positive confession. (laughs) Jesus was trying to do that, but Peter was trying to do positive confession for Jesus. But you have to pay attention to the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything he does, everything he says, because the truth, he is the truth personified. Everything he does and says, is truth, verity, reality, meaning guiding principles of life. That's what it means. Jesus said, I don't know, Jesus turned away from Peter and said to him, get behind me, Satan. You are in my way. In verse 23, an offense and a hindrance and a snare to me. Jesus is saying to Peter, or to, to, to Peter, or of course to Satan, but also a slight rebuke to Peter, that the Christian life is not a rosy life. How do he know it at the beginning? He said, Death must happen for life to come. Death must happen for life to come. So it takes us down he said, you, you, he said, listen, for you are minding what partakes not of the nature and quality of God, but of man. I'm speaking, I'm reading from the Amplified Version of the Bible. And Jesus said in verse 24, And Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to be my disciple, no, not if anyone desires to just be a Christian, to just be a, a church goer, If anyone anyone desires to be my disciple, let him deny himself. Pay attention to that. Very important. Let him deny himself. Disregard. That's what the Amplified is trying to translate it to be. Disregard, lose sight of, and forget himself and his own interests. He says to follow me. You must deny yourself. You must lose sight of forget yourself and your own interests. And take up his cross and follow me. And the Amplified actually uh, defines that word to me. To follow means to cleave steadfastly to me. Conform wholly to my example in living and, if need be, in dying also. Whoa! In now says in verse 25 For anyone who is bent on saving his life, his comfort, and security on this earth, he shall lose it, the eternal life. And whoever loses his life who can forget his own interests his comfort and security here for my sake shall find life everlasting feel me? this is just the foundation it looks gloomy but it is not as gloomy it is a divine program listen to me It doesn't matter if you're praying about it, singing about it, going to church about it, reading the word about it, going for prayer meetings about it, fasting about it, giving about it. If it is about it, that is who you are serving. It has become to you an idol. But for me, I'm in pain. Yes, I know. Femi, my school fees are not paid. Yes, I know. Femi, this problem has been for a while. Yes, I know. Femi, this has been like this. My family, we've never really, you know, made ends meet. I know. But Jesus says, and he is the Lord, because he's about to show you a secret. He says, forget it. Leave it. Deny it. And do what he tells you. In the book of Matthew chapter 6, to seek first, regardless of what is doing you, regardless of what is ailing you, regardless of what is absent from your life, regardless of who betrayed you, what you've lost, regardless of how many times you've failed, regardless of how many times you've you've tried to stand up and falling into sin and shame and regret and guilt and loss and failure and sickness and disease and all kinds of things, of lack. He says, forget those things. Deny yourself. Do not yield to making a problem your Lord and the center of your existence. God is simply trying to say, I do not just rescue people from something. I rescue them for something. The purpose we should be seeking is the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And it is from the kingdom that that problem and every other problem we have in this world will be solved. I told you before in my previous teachings about the promised land how God cautioned us both in the book of Corinthians he cautioned us in the book of Romans he cautioned us in the book of Hebrews he said don't be like the Israelites who came out of Egypt and couldn't get into the promised land because they couldn't enter God's rest why? defined it three reasons. One, they came out of Egypt with some rabble-rousers, some troublemakers, some people in the world, some influencers, some Instagram posters, some haters of God, some neo-Christians but who were not Christians, some who denigrate the man of God, who denigrate the church, who denigrate the gospel, who look down on the truth. They came out with those people, with some foreigners out of Egypt. And those were the ones that were reminding them of how life was good in Egypt. He told them, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Is what's happening in our world today. The distractions of the people around us. Of those people that are with us, but are not really for God. Two, the poor and the influence of the environment. And three, the pressure of personal conflict. In the book of Numbers, chapter twenty, I think chapter twenty four, the Bible says that the snake beat the people of Israel. They rebelled against of God. They rebelled against God and they were suffering from snake bite. And Moses lifted up the serpent. And said to them. Look. To the serpent that I've lifted up. Look. If you can. You know what I'm amazed to be bitten by snakes? You can't look away from the bite. But if you can have the discipline. To look away from. The bite of a snake. Which is. To deny yourself. And look up at the snake, hit or, or lifted up on the cross, on a stick in the camp, you will be healed. What does it mean to us? Jesus already told us that as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of God will be lifted up on the cross and die for you. And if you look unto him, he will become the author and the finisher. Of your faith he will not just heal the problem he will heal you holistically the kingdom descends into you and heals you holistically and i have given you the full counsel of god concerning the pillars of the altar one of them is the pillar of our redemption and this is a prayer that must be prayed daily you must confess that you've been delivered from the dominion of the darkness and translated the kingdom of the earth of Jesus one of them is that he himself bore your sins on the cross and your griefs took away your sorrow he said He was wounded for our transgressions He was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed this should be a daily confession the second pillar that I mentioned to you that there was the pillar of the kingdom The pillar of the kingdom. You must concentrate on the kingdom within you. Alright, you must seek the kingdom within you. The third pillar is the pillar of our position. And kingdom, you know, uh, 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 privileges. The kingdom of God is in you. Luke chapter 17, verse 20 and verse 21. And the Bible says the river is within you. John chapter 7, from verse 37 to verse 39. The third pillar is the pillar of the Father's love. First John chapter 3 verse 1, Romans chapter 5 verse 5. You read all those things and see. And you must concentrate on those pillars. The fourth is the pillar of identity, who we are. Hallelujah. We have the mind of Christ. Praise be to God. We have the intelligence of God. Christ is our wisdom. Okay? Mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. Jesus being our wisdom, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. We can hear God's voice. We are the sheep of his pasture. John, chapter 10, from verse 4 to verse 5. The last pillar, behavior and conduct. The Bible says we're new creation in Christ Jesus. All things that pass away. All things that become new. The, the, the pillar of the Father's plan for our lives. Ephesians chapter 1, from verse 17, to verse 19. The pillar of specific revelations that God has given us. It's the sixth one, which is the specific words, the ramas, that God has given for personal life, for our ministry upon this earth. Listen, it is rebellion to ignore all of that. And to just concentrate only on one thing that you need. Oh, God, I need a husband. Oh, God, I need a wife. Oh, God, I need money. I'm not talking about my daily needs. I'm talking about that particular thing. Everybody has that particular thing. Abraham had it. Abraham had the the, the problem of childlessness. Not even just childlessness. He didn't have a male child. It's a grievous thing to the heart. Of a rich person of a wealthy person of an aging person not to have an heir for whom to who continue his name and his legacy this was the consuming thoughts in Abraham's life so much so God came to him in Genesis chapter 12, came to him in Genesis chapter 15, Genesis chapter 13 he, he burst out he said, why are you telling me all these things? It like you give me nothing. You don't give me a child. That's precisely how we are. You're telling me all these wonderful things you want to do with me. But you will not you will not hear that body. You're telling me all these wonderful things you want to do with me. You will not let me let me overcome this cancer. You're telling me all these wonderful things you want to do for me. You, you you will not let me have a child for my husband. Or would you not have a child for my wife? You're telling me all these wonderful things you want to do for me. You're telling me all these wonderful things you have done, yet. I don't have I don't even have enough money. I never have enough money to do with anything. I don't have food in the house. Listen, let me introduce you to the Lordship of Jesus. He is the most loving Lord you could ever have. But you have to understand, you are not Jesus' Lord. Jesus is your Lord. You've got to come to that place of brokenness where you worship Him regardless of what's going on in your life and around you. And you focus on the finished work of Christ. You focus on it it becomes your consuming passion. It becomes the object and the foundation of your gratitude. You're not going to hold God to ransom for that need because then you are in idolatry. You are worshipping that problem. You are trying actually to use God to worship that problem. And let me tell you, it will not be long before the devil gives you an alternative. Because that's not how it works. I want to show you what happens between in the transition. Because it would not be a complete message if I did not bring you the consolation of Scripture. First of all, in the book of Psalms, chapter 138. Turn to it and you will see the wonderful power of the Almighty. It doesn't just mean deny your pain, no. He will sustain you in the infirmity. He will sustain you in that infirmity. Paul went to God and said, There is a thorn in my flesh. There is a messenger of Satan tormenting me. This is Paul. Paul is the father of the new testament. Apart from Jesus Christ, nobody has brought us a revelation of the church of Christ, of the finished work of Christ, of the work of grace, of the power of the Holy Spirit, of the administration of Christ, church of the organization of christianity and of the healing and the miraculous power of ministry of the holy spirit like paul yet he had a tone in his flesh and he went to god and said god this is about to tear me apart god said i'm not gonna take it away i'm gonna give you grace i'm gonna give you sustaining Preserving and providing grace. Before we go to 138, let's go to Psalm 1. Psalm 23. It's a psalm you know very well. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Good time. He leads me to still waters. Good time. He restores my soul. Good time. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Then it says, verse... Yet yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Even though I walk in the valley of the shadow of this need, even though I walk in the shadow of unemployment, even though I walk in the shadow of a business that is not picking up, I started this business for fifteen years. I've been struggling with it. Even though I walk in the valley of childlessness, even though I walk through the valley of the shame of not being married at my age or whatever it is you're struggling with even though I walk through the valley of this and that I will feel no evil. Why? Because your rod and your staff they comfort me another transition says they protect And comfort me. Ho, ho. Now we're getting to the cross of the message. For me, What should I do? I'm in this pain. What do you want me to do? No, it's not about what I want you to do. It's what God wants us to do. In the middle of pain. We should pray. Not to be delivered out of it only. Not merely to keep telling God to take us out. It is to see us through. Because listen, the power of God, the grace of God, the abilities of God, the very life of God is strongest when death is present with us. Femi, you are preaching terrible gospel. I will show you in the New Testament. I will show you that for life to be expressed in your body, death must have its say. For the real life of Christ to be expressed in your body, the abundant life to be expressed, death must have its say. That phony issue that we're talking about this morning, Psalm 23, he said, Yeah, the one wants the body to give a of death off, you know, you your rod and your staff. What's his rod and his staff? The rod is his guide." What guidance? Guidance to sustenance. Guidance to sustenance. Even in the midst of working through that trouble. Guidance for sustenance. What about the staff? Staff for protection. I'm going to tell you something now. That staff is not going to kill you. No. You're not going to die here. No. You're not going to die there. Never. Because water will come out of the rock for you. You will drink of the salvation. The full comfort of the Holy Spirit. Right in the midst of the trouble. No, 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 no. Not out of the trouble. No. Inside the trouble. You will be drinking from the provision. And the protection. And the direction of God. His rod are here. His rod is here. His staff is here. And that's why he said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. He said, can a mother forget her suckling child? I'm going to give you the treasure of my presence. And I want you to bask in the treasure of my presence. Not keep harassing yourself in the trouble. Listen to this profound statement. If you keep looking at that problem, you will become that problem because we will be made in the image of what we're looking at. If you're constantly praying against lack, lack will constantly be present. If you're constantly praying against sickness, sickness will always be present. I mean, somebody was advising the government of one of those developed countries. He said, stop saying, fighting poverty. The more you fight poverty, the more poverty you see. Have you seen the people who say they want to fight corruption? Has corruption gone anywhere? No, because if what you you are fighting is still showing up in your conversation, even if that conversation is positive, as long as you are naming what you are fighting, you are reinforcing it. Psychologists will tell you this for free, but it's already in the world. Until you take your eyes away from that stuff, it will not go away. You want to be made in the image of what you're looking at the image of Christ that is the image you want in that image there's prosperity in that image there's healing in that image oh there is health in that image there is protection in that image there is provision let God use this opportunity this massive presence this life that is flowing even in the midst of your death let God use that to build you into who he wants you to be His goal in life is not just to solve that one problem for you. Just like his goal in Abraham's life was not just to give him a child. The the goal in Abraham's life, God's goal in Abraham's life was to make Abraham a father of many nations. Abraham has become my father now. He's become your father. You're listening to this message because you're in Christ Jesus. Abraham has become your father. Yet, he kept looking at the child. See, look, when the deal with Abraham was complete he wasn't afraid to give up that child because that child was no longer his God and his idol that child was a gift from God God already worked in Abraham's life transformed him to see God as his only source and to see God as his only reward and portion in this life that's what God wants to be to you your portion, your portion. Not that problem, not that situation. In fact, you will get so lost. Listen to this: this is prophetic. If you get so lost, every day and every night, focusing on Christ, His power, His resurrection, His His ascension, His finished work. You will notice transformation is already taking place in your life. If you become engrossed in that, you will not even know when the problem has been solved. Because you are being made in the image of something else that is far more powerful, far more profound, far more excellent, far more glorious than just merely getting healed or getting a husband or getting a job or getting a niche, made financial because the treasure of this kingdom will deliver everything you need in this life. Jesus said, your heavenly Father knows you have need of these things. But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things shall, Jesus didn't say, might be. Maybe God will solve the problem. Now we say, all these things shall be added unto you once you're not looking at the things which are seen but at the things which are seen put your mind if you have been saved Colossians Colossians chapter 3 I think this one if you've been saved set your affections on the things which are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father set your attention on the things which are above not on things beneath the things that are beneath are temporal. They will fade away if you focus on the eternal truth. If you have been raised from the dead, focus on who God has made you. Worship him as the utter and finish of your faith. Worship him as your beginning and end. your Alpha, Omega, your everything, your portion. Meditate on what is done for you on the cross. Look away from your wound. Look away from your troubles. Look away from your trials. Look away from the things that are staring at you. God says, don't worry. He's a roaring lion. He doesn't have a bite. He just has a lot of bark. He says, my rod will direct you away from home. And my staff will keep you from getting hurt. That problem will not destroy you. Psalm 138. And after that I have one more scripture. And then I will leave you. To the Holy Ghost to finish the work he has started in you. Psalm 138. Praise be to Jesus. Thank you Lord. Psalm 138. And verse 7 says. Though I am surrounded by troubles. You will revive me. I will have revival in the midst of this trouble. What does it mean to revive? He will bring you to life by the very life of God. Can you see the rod there? The rod there. He will revive me. Then, he said, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. Did you see the staff there? That's the staff. The rod protects, provides, and guides. So in the midst of death, you will be having life in you. And you will be rejoicing in the life. You will be provided for. You will be protected. And you will be guided. Now he said, "You will stretch forth your hands against the anger of my enemy. That's the staff. The staff has a hook at the end, with which you can hook a bear that comes to tear the sheep apart. It will protect you. That stuff will not kill you. It will not get as bad as you think it would. Even if you're evicted from a house, it will provide another one. Even if you're sacked from a job, it will provide sustenance. It will keep you in the midst of it." But make sure that you are not wasting your time in regret, in shame, in mourning. You're not praying. You're not seeking God. You're not fasting to to, to enjoy His presence. You're fasting. God do it. God do it. God do it every day. Let me tell you. It would get worse. Because your focus is on the problem. Whatever you are looking at. We keep getting bigger, but look at the grace of God and say, Be magnified, O Lord, (laughs) you are highly exalted. No, you're not even worshiping for the problem. You're worshiping because of his goodness. His mercies. His work for you on the cross. His forgiveness. His redemption. He's calling you a son. He's having a plan for your life. He's working out his wheel in your life. He's making you willing. Both to will and to do with good pleasure. That's what you're concentrating on. you know, concentrating on the troubles and all the problems in this life. <laughs> the Bible says. Rejoicing in affliction. Patient in tribulation. Patient. Patient to deny yourself. And to look at the face of Jesus Christ. Listen. No one sees Christ by revelation. And remains the same. Please stop this prayer contracts you are giving everybody. Stop this mountain here, mountain there. Stop this running to pillar and to post. Stop running from prophet to prophet and pastor to pastor, from church to church. You have fasted so much, you are almost even shrinking. When the beauty of the cross is right up there, if you can look away from the serpent's bite and get a revelation of Jesus, Not only are you going to be healed. You're going to be healthy. You're not only are you going to be provided for. You're going to be wealthy and be a provider to nations. Just like Abraham became the father of nations. From just wanting to be the father of one child. When this revelation sinks deep in you. You're going to be like Paul. When you understand this revelation. <laughs> hey, you will start to glory in tribulation. Romans chapter 5 verse 3. And that's the last scripture. Oh, oh I've not finished in Psalm 138 because if you read it, you will see that he said, and your power of your right hand will save me. And I said, the last verse, he said, the Lord will work out his plan for my life. <laughs> I'm reading from the New Living Translation. The King James Version says, The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. He will perfect everything. Look, all the areas of your life, He will put perfection on you. Full perfection. Not just your pocket, not just your liver or kidney, or the cancer in your body. I understand it's painful, but if you can do this, in the middle of a valley, pray that God will sustain, preserve, and revive you, because it means you are alive. To the sickest face. you will sense comfort. You will have direction that will even take you right away from the pain. If you take your eyes away from the pain, put it on the pillars of our altar. Now, if you are listening to this message and you don't understand what I meant by the pillars of our altar, I have already summarized it for you. But we had a prayer meeting a week ago and you can go look at it on my MixLR and MixLR forward slash family hyphen Jacobs. And then go to Shorio and play the whole prayer meeting. You will see how I try to explain the pillars and I'm still going to expound on them this week. For all the members of our community. First Corinthians. Before I leave you. First Corinthians. In chapter 5. First Corinthians. In chapter 5. I hope you're blessed by this. Share it with anyone. Who's going through an issue. And has been running around the whole place. You know. God wants you to run into His presence and worship Him and discover Him, know Him, who He is, and what He has done for you in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter five, and I will read from verse uh, three. Oh no, I want to. Now, scripture. Okay, Romans chapter five. It says, "Therefore, let me even read from verse one, so that you can get context of it." Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. You have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Then he said something shocking. He said, not only so, we also rejoice in our sufferings. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance. Character. And character. Hope. And the hope does not disappoint us. Because. God has poured out his love into our hearts. By the Holy Spirit. Praise be to God. He said "We glory. In tribulation. It seems sadistic. But this is it. He said when I am weak. Then. I am strong. When death is present in my body, in my environment, in my finances, in my career, in my job, in my marriage, when death is present, then I know that life is also much more present there. <laughs> Every day, when you seek God, even in the midst of pain, and you're seeking His face, Trying to know him. Trying to understand his word. Trying to understand his power better. New oil will start coming out of him. New oil will start coming out of you. New oil will start coming out of you. And God will start to show you what he wants to do with your life. Look, by the time you see what God wants to do with your life. You get a revelation in the future. And you're persuaded about the revelation God has given you. You know you will not die. You know that this problem will not kill you. You start rejoicing. And before you know it, you're moving into abundance, into healing, into peace, into bliss in your marriage, into promotion in your career, into new dimensions in your business, into new relationships socially. But not only that, you will have so much life that many more people would draw life out of you. Femi, how did you get here? Death was allowed to have its perfect work. How did you get here? How did you know these things? Death had its work in me. So abundant life was expressed and oil came out. And I'm so persuaded now, no matter what the enemy brings, you're going to find me worshiping God. In fact, when I lose now, I get into the presence of God. I say, thank you, Lord, for that loss. Because I know that something powerful is about to grow out of me. When I lose a deal, I say, thank you, Lord, for that loss. Because I know bigger things are about to come. When someone betrays me, I say, Lord, thank you for that betrayal. Because you're about to bring more quality people into my life. That I go back to the pillars of grace. And I continue my worship and my praise. And while I'm laying on my face, worshiping and loving God and rejoicing and dancing in His presence, I get a call. The replacement has come. And usually the replacement is never, never to be compared with that which I lost. Hallelujah. Praise be to Jesus. I hope you've been encouraged by this. I hope you have been encouraged. And I hope you patiently listen to it. And you're going to listen to it over and over again. And check out all those scriptures that I've quoted. And forget about that issue. No. I must say, ignore it for a minute. For something higher and greater is not stock. The high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Because listen, when you see him by revelation, you will be exactly like him. Tell me what lack, what want, what shame, what sickness, what disease, what loneliness, what barrenness, can stand when you are in the presence of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 And me sign out with this song. Hallelujah. glorious, yeah, yeah, yeah. my Father. you Mm-hmm. It's amazing how we've gone after the show. amazing how we after show. say his name anymore. I will hardly say his name anymore. And I think it's strange how we love to jump and shout. Ooh, love that. Never we never want to tell the world what it to Oh god. I'm amazed by the one who gave his life. It's not the future I've ever of every single night. I think it's sad that the man that paid the price has been drowned out by all the flux and the earth. Let's putting a picture back of where it belongs. the one who died first. <laughs> God upon the cross. Better to go on the Lord. If the king thinks, is why we're saying, put your attention on Jesus. Look at him. That's where really he belongs. See you again. My name is Femin Jacobs. God bless and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the countenance, the light of his countenance upon you. And give you peace. Nothing broken. If I ever lifted up from all the earth, I'll draw me going to worship. See you, sir. Bye.